This week's podcast brought to you by COVID Comeovers. Bored on Sunday, our youngest texted me and said, can Simone come over today? And I replied, who's Simone? And she replied to me, someone. I don't know anyone named Simone. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Last week on Thursday, I think it was Thursday. I drove um, down to move our daughter out of uh, college. Her her freshman year was complete. And um, I needed to stop and get gas first. And I went to a gas station where I don't typically get gas. I think it was a Shell station. And while I appreciate um, the convenience of being able to pay at the pump and pump the gas and then get on my way, I was a little bit annoyed with this particular pump um, and this particular gas station because in order to pump my gas, I first had to answer a number of questions as if it was a dating app or something. The first question was, um, again, this is before I bought the gas, credit card in, just want to select my octane. Is it the octane that you're selecting? What are you selecting? Yeah. Is it the octane? Just want to do that. First question I got, would you like to round up for whatever i forget what what it was no i would not like to round up the next question do you want to i took a picture of the screen do you want to sign up for recurring receipts and offers via text no i can't think of anything worse than having my gas station um texting Texting me me. i mean i can but it's not high on my list and then um even again before i pump the gas then finally would you like a receipt so i had to answer three questions that's it I usually get those three plus enter your zip code. Oh, you, right. You, yes. Well, that's you, just to confirm your credit card. It's still another step. Do True. you want? Do you want a car wash? That, yes, that one comes up as well. Who's your favorite Beetle? <laughs> do you, how? There's a gas station by ESPN. Um, when I get off the exit off of 84 to go to work, exit 31. It's right off and uh, the highway and. At least, I mean, I haven't gotten gas there in months, maybe not even in the last year. But it, So I don't know if this is still the case. But when you pump gas, there's also like a TV blaring. And it's not like you can select the channel. It's just gas. I don't even know if it's a real like over-the-air channel. I no, think it's called gas station TV. And it's just blaring at you. Um, but I do, I, I prefer the gas station TV blaring at me too. Let me just get my gas. Do I really have to answer all of these questions? There is no situation in American life where you're captive, where you're not a captive audience for advertising. There isn't. You're right. I can't think of one. Alone in the woods. Right, maybe. The airplane flies over trailing the banner for (laughs) a happy hour at Hooters. Yeah. You could have chosen a different restaurant, but no. no that's that's what, what that's saying. that's those that's what usually is on the banner 
as it flies is over like Clearwater Beach. Yes, banner? that's what's that's what's usually on the at spring training. That was what was usually on the banners. It flew over like Clearwater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can no longer get gas either, especially at this particular Shell station, without being bombarded with questions. Speaking of roadside uh, attractions, mm-hmm. we had we had a, a, a weekend of it was Mother's Day weekend, but but really that meant it was attending basketball games weekend as every weekend is is that this time of year, yeah. So we had ample opportunity to uh, avail ourselves of the uh, drive-through options mm-hmm. near the gym where this particular tournament was held, and. One of the, as we, I think last week you talked about McDonald's frequent uh, flyer program. Right. So we we were we were uh, racking up our miles at the McDonald's drive-through in Middletown, Connecticut. I think and it was actually Cromwell. Was I think the Cromwell? McDonald's was in That's Cromwell, right. was, even though the the basketball facility right. was in Middletown. It was it was on the lawless border region between Middletown and Cromwell, mm-hmm. and uh, the lady asked if we would like a stack of. A thousand napkins with our chicken McNuggets, and I was driving. You were riding shotgun and dictating the terms of the drive-through, and you said yes. And then you said to me, "We we got to start rebuilding our napkin supply." Well, it was depleted. It had been depleted. We were dri- driving my car. We were in the minivan, and uh, I'm usually good about having a healthy supply of napkins, <clears throat> which are. Like this morning, especially helpful because my, the Kleenex had run out and I hadn't replaced the box of Kleenex yet in my car. Because as our, our youngest likes to point out, like my car has the stuff you need. I've got wipes, I've got Kleenex, I've got napkins. Your car has none of those things. Um, but like this morning, there's no Kleenex, so we used a napkin. So it, it's, it's always good to have. You don't want it too, you don't want your glove box stuffed with napkins. But you want a healthy supply, though, so that if even if there's a little spill, there was a little spill but, this but, weekend but, at the but, AAU. We can we can clean it up and take care of it. And is it against the law, or at least the unwritten laws of of uh, minivans, to pay for napkins that go in your car? We 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 do buy napkins to have. At the no, dinner of course table. not. And and I have put some in there, no, but uh, if I think of it... Wrong answer. Of course it is. Of course it's illegal. It well, this is the thing with the napkins. The napkins that we buy... Are Do you think people buy napkins to, to put in their car? I don't know. But the ones that we have for our house are square, so they don't fit as well in the glove box as the ones... Like when you get them at a fast food restaurant, they're more rectangular and fit better without folding them over. Are you the kind of person who needs a napkin... From the from the spring loaded napkin dispenser at McDonald's or wherever, and takes forty of them rather than one. No, and when my glove box is completely at the when it's at the right level of napkin, I either take zero or one if I think I'm going to use one because I don't like it. I don't like the I don't like there to be no napkins, but I also don't like there to be too many napkins. I've I've also not been uh, above placing. Dunkin' Donuts, or take your pick, uh, logoed fast food napkins on the dinner table. Yeah, you've done that. I don't like that. I don't like that. We we have we have regular store bought napkins here, and in the don't, the restaurant napkins are. I mean, the quality is atrocious. You know, they're for like a little splatter. They're not for a spill. I guess they do fine. You know, if you need to wipe off your face quickly, but they're 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 not structurally. The, stru- built for the, the structural integrity of the fast food napkin is not 
uh, what you would hope for in a free napkin? It's it's not it's not the equivalent of a napkin that you pay money for now. That McDonald's, but it's fine for what it's its purpose. That McDonald's also had as you pulled through the drive-through and then pulled over into one of the parking spots to 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 dine. Uh, you know, to have a, a classic dining experience right. in the parking lot of McDonald's eating out of a paper sack. Mm-hmm. That's a Steely Dan line, by the way. Uh, Which part of it is a Steely Dan uh, line? Well, it's uh, something about driving out to Hackensack, eating his dinner from a paper sack, mm. and drinking his dinner from a paper sack, I think is actually the lyric, but... Daddy don't live in that New York City no more. Um, they had a sign. Head in. H-E-A-D hyphen in. Head in parking only. I hadn't seen that sign before, but I I stood. In my in my imagination, I stood and applauded that sign. The head in parking? Yes. They, they, there, was, there was not a, a guy doing a 19-point turn in his uh, Suburban trying to trying to back into a space. And I'm sure they still you, do. And I doubt backed, that it's I doubt that it's enforced rigidly. But if you had backed in there, it would be almost impossible to pull out because you'd been, you no. know, angled in the wrong direction for the one way one of way. car that, traffic flow. That's that's it, the case in most parking lots when people are backing in. And I also noted when we're talking about parking that when you you and I Pulled into the garage together this morning. We had to drop off a car to get serviced, and I dropped off the car. You drove me back from the from the garage. The mm-hmm. car is in there now. And when you pulled into and when you pulled into our garage, I was running shotgun. You got out on your side and went into the house. I got out on my side. I noticed when I when I got out on my side that you <laughs> this is going somewhere else, but that you had uh, pulled into the you had. The front right tire was on top of. Oh no! Was it really on top of a box that you quote planned to return? I'm still going to return it. Can I, or did I destroy it? I, I don't know. I mean, you you bought some quote metal shelving at a um, at a local establishment, and it was of such poor quality trash that it it was really aluminum shelving, and it and it it bent. It was awful. It was it, it, to to tap it with a rubber mallet to to try to assemble it. It would it would bend. It had the structural integrity of. You should have told me I drove but, but, up but, on it. I would have but moved the car. The back. only reason I bring it up mm-hmm. is because you have become somebody who's who, you've become a. It's too late to return this person. Where you check the receipt. I've been meaning to return this this box that's been on the kitchen table for. Three months. Oh, I, I, is it? But it may it may already be past thirty days since I bought it. Oh no, it's actually one hundred and forty nine days since I bought it. That's not true. It's true. Not this time of year. This time of year, I'm really good about returning stuff. Like last week, I bought something came in, didn't fit. Oh, it was our daughter's prom shoes. They weren't good. Immediately returned them. I am a bad returner. I'd say December through March, because I just don't make the time to do it. I'm I'm busy, busy, busy. Um, so, but I will return that. I've got, I just got that this weekend, I, I so I've got some time to return it. Uh, let, let's put a positive spin on it. You're not so much a bad returner as a, a very non-discerning buyer who needs to yeah, return this, a lot of stuff. this purchase was, was atrocious and, um, so annoyed by it. 
uh, because it wasn't a cheap, it was shelving and it was for it to put in the unfinished side of the basement. It was, it was it, the definition of cheap. It may not have been expen- yeah. it may not have been inexpensive. Correct. Correct. It was not inexpensive. And so, um, and I was excited to use it so I could continue organizing. I've done a pretty good job of getting through parts of the unfinished basement to, to tidy it up. And I, and I was so frustrated when we started trying to build these shelves because they were just so poorly made, so cheap, so not worthy of even being sold in a store. Well, they were, I, I, it I think, was, I think, awful. I think because they hadn't been sold in any store, that's they were they remaindered were at, to the store where we bought That's why they were at Ocean State Th- Job That's lot. why you need to have some sense of what you can and right. cannot buy. You're right. We went there for something specific that we got and were very happy with. We knew that they sold there and that they it, it, the quality was fine. And uh, I branched out when I saw this. I'm like, oh, we need shelves um, to put stuff on, and these are atrocious. So clearly, clearly my mistake. But you did you did have one um, good idea this week. I had one. What was it? Uh, you probably had more than one. The only one that I heard about. Mm-hmm. We were at uh, the the basketball tournament, and you said to me that these places ought to have, like a train, ought to have a quiet car where you can sit in the little, you know, little room, kind of like the opposite of the crying room in a church, a quiet room where people yes. who want to sit in, in, in silent contemplation can watch, but uh, but there's no... You know, it's like the silent sideline Saturday at soccer games. There's, there's right. no, the, no well, sound is allowed. Let's bring up two things that happened. Well, uh, we don't. I want to okay, bring up okay. the one. Go ahead. Because we were sitting. Um, our daughter's game was not, had not yet started. So, or no, our, our daughter was playing. But um, th- there was a boys team, probably 13-year-olds, maybe 14-year-olds, 8th or ninth graders, and they were like hovering, waiting for for the game to end, so that um, you know, so because they were going to be on the court next. But this was maybe you know only midway through the second half. So we're sitting there, and, and there's a boy who, and this just because he's being oblivious, he's <clears throat> bouncing a basketball, <clears throat> bouncing a basketball in front of us, so that he keeps obscuring our view as we're sitting there. So you. <laughs> You, why don't you describe well, what, I, I what wanted, you did? I wanted to lean into being an, an elderly, elderly man. Yeah. So I was getting, I mean, I had made a couple of polite entreaties to the to the young man. And had you? I think this, no, I don't think you had. I, of course this, and I this, had. And this one wasn't impolite. It wasn't impolite at all. It was just how you how you executed it. That I, 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 <laughs> I was, I, first of all, these tailgating chairs were rocking chairs. Yes. They the rocking tailgating chairs. So I'm literally sitting in a rocking chair. Right. I mean, talk about old man vibes. Right. But we're like, so we're 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 it's it's a, one of those courts where you have to watch from the baseline. There's netting in front of you, but we're we're back up against the wall so that people can walk in front of us if they need to. Anyway. So I I I couldn't I couldn't fully reach the kid with with uh, my arm. Because you were just because he was dribbling, you were just gently going to touch with, him without and getting ask out of him, my rocking chair. Yes. Like, can you please move? <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to say, "Can you please move?" Right. I was going to say what I did say, which I think was, "Excuse me." But but I while I did that, I was poking him in the ribs with 
the reading glasses that were in my hand. Because so, you, so you picture, couldn't picture, reach picture, him with picture, your hand. Picture so this old in man your, in, a in a rocking, rocking chair, chair with reading glasses in his hand. Not 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 uh, <laughs> any reading glasses, but uh, women's Holly Rose Holly reading Rose glasses. former reading glasses. They're yes. now mine. Yes, exclusively. Uh, sort of turquoisey, would you say? Yeah. And I and I, I jabbed him with those, and 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 he did to his credit for about eleven seconds. He got out of my my field of vision. He did. So you, you like you poked him with those because you couldn't reach him with your hand, and it was just to get his attention. Like, excuse me. Well, only and, only because I didn't have a walking stick. Right. Right. To jab him with. And so you're right. Like. Within 15 seconds, he's back. He, you know, so he moves, and then within 15 seconds, he's back in front of you and in front of me. And again, just because he's an oblivious boy, and I've coached oblivious boys well, long course. enough to like understand this. So, and and I, I did what I did just because I'm an I'm a, a cranky old man. Yes, and so like a minute later, I just stood up and I went over and I gently touched him on the shoulder and I said, um, I said, can you? We're trying to watch this game. Can you? Um, would you mind going dribbling over in the corner or somewhere where you're not in front of us? And he did. To his credit, he did. And to my credit, I, I, you you moved my rocker, and I went and dribbled in a corner yeah. as well. <laughs> we, we were there on Mother's Day, and I was in a good zen state of just enjoying Mother's Day. Um, and it, it was at this point that I told you there should be a quiet car because the people around us were not in a Zen state. Some were, most were. Many were, some were not. The one or two that aren't and are the, the one, ones who. The one who was not was right next to me. And there was really no room to get away. There was no place to get away to. It was. It was. Yeah, you know, you, you were crammed in. You just crammed shoulder in. to shoulder. And um, and again, I was not saying a word. I was not cheering. I was not anything. I was just sitting there and watching, and. Uh, until this guy who was next to me said something to our daughter (laughs) as she was coming down the court. And he's from the other team. I just looked at him and said, don't talk to the players. It was relatively even in my temper, wasn't I? Like I didn't yell or whatever. And he said, excuse me? And I said, don't talk to the players. Then I went back and looked straight ahead. Um, and he gazed. and my whole body just the temperature raised about ten degrees for a good minute or two, and then uh, and then he went back to being obnoxious, but at least no longer talking to the players. I mean, there's sixteen year old girls running up and down the court. Just imagine, like middle aged man thinking it's okay to heckle or yell or through, anything through, through netting through and, like netting. chicken wire it's like a it's, it's a, already like a like a oh at a, at a 16 year old girl like the creep factor there is just so incredibly high um but uh but i was i was a little bit annoyed with myself because i was like i was in such a good good place i was in a zen state i'm just here sitting here watching and enjoying and he kind of rattled me out of my uh my Basketball viewing utopia. Our youngest said last night, um, she was looking at the little bulletin board that has the list of school lunches and what she is down, what she has ordered and what she hasn't. She right. said, oh, I have school lunch tomorrow. And I said, what is it? And she said, a pretzel. And I said, I said, oh, that, that sounds good. And she said, it's not. <laughs> And, and I said, keep in mind, she chooses. She chooses what she to get. We we look at the menu. She chooses what she wants yeah. to get. And I said, it's not. She said, well, sometimes sometimes it's either uh, soggy 
or hard, and neither neither of which is. Uh, I feel her how you pain. want the soft it's, pretzel it's, to be. It's just like when you're at a. a a sporting event and you get a pretzel. Yeah, it's such but, a, a roll of the dice because sometimes they're delicious yeah. and sometimes they're atrocious. But, but you know what it is? It's it's a timeless quality of complaining about school lunches. Will the school lunch ever be kind of nailed perfectly? Of course not. It's, a, it's right. an impossibility. You and I were talking about that this morning because uh, when I was in elementary school, my mom would you like either do you guys want school lunch or do you want to bring your own lunch? And, and my siblings, I think, for the most part, brought lunches, but I like getting the hot lunch and there's a few things I just distinctly remember you'd go through the line and get the food and one of them is on Fridays when you had pizza and it was this rectangular piece of pizza and everybody would take you talk about thin awful napkins the one in that's in, in school cafeterias or the tiny little squares you take the napkin and like blot a ton of grease off of the top of the pizza but you'd enjoy it and then then you hold up the translucent napkin and yeah and show all your friends yeah. and uh and then i can remember the hamburger that was the thinnest piece of meat patty and uh meat like, like patty and if you if you removed the bun you would see like the little white bumps that were on the burger i'm guessing they're like little pockets of fat i, I don't think, know i think there were probably pieces of bun stuck to the burger but it may it may have been and uh the best part about school lunches in those days is if like Chocolate milk wasn't offered every day, but if there was chocolate milk, like that was such a treat as long as it was somewhat cold. Did you uh, open the little carton of milk to see if it was bad by nosing the bouquet, sticking your nose in the little spout? No, I would just be happy if when I opened the little carton, if you got all of the carton yeah. like intact because sure. if there was like a little flap yeah. or something because i don't think they gave us straws and we drank it yeah, right out of the carton and if it if the spout wasn't intact yeah. it wasn't a great consuming experience and um i think everybody had rectangular pizza on friday yeah but i know in bloomington minnesota back in the day uh, the the smash hit was uh, pizza burgers we still had i'd never heard of that pizza until you told just, me about that this morning uh, Delicious. I mean, I like a. Can you describe it? Like a hamburger bun, toasted, open faced. On top of that was maybe like the uh, what is it? The stuff that you put on, either like ragu or maybe this. What's it's what's pizza this? Sauce. No, what's the stuff that you probably? What's the stuff that you pour the jar of? You pour in for sloppy joe to make sloppy joes. Oh, that's a chili sauce. Chili sauce. I don't. No, know. I bet it was a pizza sauce. Anyway, it was it was uh, delicious. Was and there like melted cheese in the meat yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, it sounds delicious. It, that did not make its way to um, the cafeteria in Southwick, Massachusetts. What oh. we did have, though, we talked about the cartons of milk. Was and we just thought this everybody had this. Was there was a dairy in Southwick, Pioneer Dairy, and so all of our milk came from Pioneer Dairy in you know Southwick, Massachusetts. I think at the time I thought everybody at their school when they were drinking milk, was drinking it from a dairy in their town. It no longer exists, unfortunately. We had, uh, in high school, we had milkshakes in, gosh, maybe like eight-ounce styrofoam cups. They were delicious as well. Not, I mean, that wasn't offered as, you know, the regular school, but that was, you could get that at the at the little yeah. snack stand in the cafeteria. It's crazy, too, because even though, like, hot lunches weren't particularly good or nutritious um, when we were kids... Like the things that they pass off as hot lunch when our daughter's ordering, like, okay, mac and cheese, yeah, chicken tenders, all right. 
a pretzel. That that's the hot lunch today, and she got it. A pretzel. One of the days this week, the, the hot lunch you was and I went, a blueberry muffin. Like you what? and I, you and I went to school in the eighties when the president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, declared ketchup is a vegetable. Ketchup counts as a vegetable in your school lunch. So I think it has always been thus. But not to this degree. There was like a yes, pre- there was no chance that in our era. Any kid was getting a pretzel as their hot lunch or a blueberry muffin it would, it would as have been, their hot lunch. It would have There's been no chance smarter of, of them to offer a pretzel or a blueberry muffin, something that a kid actually would have eaten than True. some of the stuff they offered. That True. I, I, I won't argue that. It's just, um, and again, our, that's, our daughter gets that stuff, and we, and we have her get that stuff. But, uh, but yes, yeah, school lunches, I mean, her, people will probably be complaining about those until... Uh, the end of time. School lunch ladies, and they're returning the tray. Did you have the little conveyor belt at your high school? Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. Yep. Things and you'd you see them in the back. They had that hose that, like, came yeah. down from the ceiling or yeah. somewhere, and they'd be spraying, or you'd see all the steam from when they would uh, be, like, drying the, the trays. Um, you know, I mentioned chili sauce. When you send me on uh, hunts for these kind of hunts, it's probably a brand of the chili sauce, but when you send me on a hunt for these... Uh, seldom purchased items at the grocery store. I was chastised recently for buying organic little cartons of apple juice rather than the non-organic cartons of apple juice that the kids like. I hadn't noticed that. All I knew was that I was surprised to see they had apple juice because it was usually gone. And um, that's why I bought two packs of of the organic apple juice mistakenly. But the reason... I was fooled by the grocery store, and, and this, is, this is happening more frequently. Sometimes they're out of the little round uh, Tostitos that are my favorite Tostito. Mm-hmm. The, the, the ones in the blue bag or the yellow no, bag? No, the yellow bag. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones in the blue bag are the... Well, are Those they, are uh, also round, but they're not the same. Yeah, and, and also in the blue bag is the scoops. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the little round ones, but anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. When they're out of those, they just, they just mush the... the the other Tostitos, you know, yep. to fill the to fill the empty space, and they, they do that more and more with other things. It, it is the it it is like the it's like a comb over. It's like a grocery store comb over where to hide the bare spot. They just they just stretch out the other stuff surround they, surrounding it. They did that a ton during COVID, um, and it became the thing. Like they don't they don't allow you anymore to go look to purchase something, and you're like, oh, they're out of it. Like, I, this is where it normally is. They're out of it. Now, instead, you're just looking side yeah. to side because they've just combed it over. They've done that. Our, our and, and like the comb over, it's not fooling anybody. No. We know it's not there. Like, there are these uh, protein drinks that our kids like. And uh, just recently started getting them. Go to the grocery to get more of them. And not only are they sold out of them, they've replaced them with chai tea. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. So, and the... And the the thing that is frustrating about that is I'll go to different aisles. I'm like, I'm sure it was that aisle. Like, just just leave it empty. Then I know, all right, it's not here. It's going to get restocked. Do you think in the in the in the grocery store industry at somewhere at big grocery headquarters, this this technique was is called the COVID comb over? It might be. It should be. Um, and chastised, you were not chastised. You, our daughter likes a specific kind of apple juice that she brings with her and her lunch and you got the organic version. And so she was, um, she was home the other day 
and she was drinking one, and you weren't in the room, and she whispered to me, Dad got the organic apple juice, and it's terrible. And you whispered back to her. I said, what an idiot. I said, okay. So I was at the grocery store, and they had the regular stuff in. The same brand, just the regular stuff. So I got it. She came home. and, and Oh, and she said, and... He got two things of it, like two packages. We'll of never it. run out of this. So, uh, so garbage. I got the regular one. Came home. So she comes home from school yesterday, and she said, "Oh, you got the regular apple juice." I said, "Yes." So this is what you're gonna do. I said when you bring it to school, bring one of the regular and bring one of the organic, and just find a friend who find, likes the organic stuff. Find, find a find a healthy kid who enjoys. Right. Um, and she said, she said, "Oh, I, I I already have friends who said that they they would like it." So she already had the system of how she was going to offload the apple juice without I mean without her, without me knowing. It's like when you walk into the yard in uh, in uh, you know where you, you're you're scooping the the you're, you're you're letting the dirt fall out of your pants Andy in the exercise Dufresne. yard, Andy Dufresne style yes. in. Um, yeah. Well, of course I shared it with you, and and I but I appreciated it. She she knew that you had tried to be super helpful and get her something that she wanted. And um, so she didn't want to, you know, tell you that it was the wrong thing. And um, she, 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 and then so she, she and I, I just like that she and I had the same offloading plan to, uh, to. It's sweet that she knows from conversations with her mother that her father is a, a well-meaning buffoon. A well-meaning buffoon. Yeah, that's that should be your next memoir. The well-meaning buffoon? Yes. <laughs> it should. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from uh, Matt from Fisher's Island. Hello, Matt. Matt writes, hi, Steve. Just listened to the latest episode with my letter. He was. Uh, we read viewer mail from him last week. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify, my standing invite is for you to come play golf here on Fisher's Island. Not to come onto the podcast. Oh. Well, could you do both? Could you go play golf and go on the podcast? I would love to have you be a part of the podcast, writes Matt, but I'm not sure how much insight you have on the 1989-90 UConn men's basketball team, unless you have some good stories that you've heard. I, I have no insight whatsoever. Yeah, none. Me so, neither, other than I can remember celebrating in my kitchen in Southwick, Massachusetts, 89, 90. I would have been a junior in high school and uh, and watching and cheering on from afar. There you go, Matt. Not that I think far, though. Sounds like an anecdote she should relate to you on your podcast. <laughs> well, I think I just related it. Oh, did you? Relate it. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm uh, past the halfway point of that project, but holy cow, writing these episodes is such a bear. The research and interviewing was wonderful. And I took the photo, fo- and I took the photo with Lee, so I'm not in there, which is for the best. Off to change my security question. Matt had the security question on his favorite yes. author. Matt Fisher, thank you, Matt. Thanks for uh, clearing up my. You know, sometimes I, I butcher these viewer mails, viewers mail when I read them, and mm-hmm. I appreciate the the corrections from. Do readers. you though? Pardon? Do you? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, dear Rebecca and Steve slash Steve and Rebecca writes, uh, Damien, the head coach of men's ice hockey at St. Michael's College. Oh, hey, Damien. As far as, uh, Damien writes, resident hockey coach here checking in after more than a few weeks off. After a good six weeks of losing sleep, I finally had a good night's rest knowing 
that you have officially received your St. Mike's hockey t-shirts in the mail. Yes, uh, those those weeks of sleepless nights um, were due to what? Our, our lack of, we, we don't go to the P.O. box as often as we should, mm-hmm. or so we have been told by the Postmaster General. I have They've, they've had a crackdown at the post office. Actually, had a crackdown at the post office where they they insist you come once a week to clean out the uh, PO box, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're not storing our mail. Yeah. With that said, I trust that you are now gathered around the TV each night, donning your new gear, watching the NHL playoffs. Uh, in fact, we are. Our our our, our high school junior has become, well, uh, unfortunately, it ended last night, but had become uh, very intensely. Interested in the Seattle Kraken, yes, which I was all for because they were playing the the former Minnesota North Stars. Wait, what was uh, the final score last night? And what was it? Game seven? What game was it? It was, it, yeah, it was an elimination game for uh, uh, Dallas. Was up two nothing in the third period when I turned up the TV and uh, okay. threw in the so towel. The Kraken were uh, eliminated, but she's yeah, she's been into it. She's been the totally Kraken into it. Were, who were who were not you know who were massive underdogs were eliminated. Uh, if not, Steve, I'm sorry to inform you that your Minnesota Wild were eliminated in the first round. I'm well aware. Rebecca, I can only assume that if you were a hockey fan, you'd be all in on the Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes, who, of course, used to be the Hartford Whalers. Bruins. Um, I mean, I would have been the Hartford Whalers, but I didn't follow them to Carolina. Nor did you applaud their no, exodus were, to Carolina. They so, taken, so they were taken from us. So pox here on in them, right? Yes. Uh, the Bruins sadly lost out early as well. The Bruins had the best record in the regular season of all time, Rebecca. That's crazy. But uh, as the Celtics nearly did, they they underachieved in the in the playoffs. The Hurricanes are still going strong as of this email. Uh, side note: the Whalers had perhaps the best goal song of all time, the Brass Bonanza. In any event, glad you liked the gear. Bum 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 bum. bum. The Brass Bonanza you still hear around here at various uh, mm-hmm. events. Yep. Still probably one of the best logos ever. As far as my coffee preference goes, yes, Rebecca, gas station coffee is by far the best time and again. My favorite cup of coffee of all time used to come from the Indian Neck Garage just up the street from my childhood home in lovely Brantford, Connecticut. Always fresh, always hot, and still in the color-coded decanter for regular decaf, orange, and hazelnut, green. Ooh. That's when that, that's that was more flavors than coffee came in when my parents were drinking it. Mm-hmm. It came in none, as far as I know, right? Right. Yes. Uh, my new favorite is now the coffee at the mobile station in Kent, Connecticut, right on Route Seven. Great before settling in for a hockey or baseball game. Perfect. Perhaps my favorite ten minutes of all time. Writes uh, our resident ice hockey coach. On the show came last week during your discussion on trains. I, too, have spent hours in the Metro North line between New Haven and New York trying to figure out the origin of things seen along the track. Always a shopping cart, always shoes, and, of course, the most random assortment of personal items ever seen. I mean, I have seen, like, multiple uh, toilet seats you know, separated seat? from the toilet. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know, recently there was in the news hundreds or possibly thousands of pounds of pasta where were dumped in New Jersey. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. And, Accidentally and they figure, or no, it was so no, bad no, that they no, somebody dumped purposely. it and, and like in the in in the woods, I think. Pasta? Pasta, yeah. And um, so I don't think any of these items are dumped accidentally. How would you accidentally dump a bunch of toilet seats? No, certainly not. And by God, how do those folks actually get some of that graffiti where they do? asks Damien, what time of day do they do it? How do they avoid the cops, and why don't we ever see anyone actually tagging anything? All questions that have run through my head for years. 
Also, I used to love looking at all the graffiti on the subways in New York City back in the 70s and 80s before they washed it all off. Some amazing talent, to be sure. My bucket list train trip would be going from Montreal to Vancouver, for sure. It is, suppo it is supposed to be fantastic. Of course, flying back home after the journey, uh, flying back to the, after the journey, uh, flying back uh, after the what journey was. What would that be, about 3,000 miles? From... I don't know, but, but that reminds me uh, that if I can find it here in my texts, our friend Dan in Milwaukee had texted me and said, um, oh, uh, Amtrak indeed was wonder has wonderful route names. The Denver Zephyr, the Empire Builder is Chicago, New York City, the City of New Orleans, and Milwaukee to Chicago. That short trip is the Hiawatha. The Milwaukee to Chicago. Yeah, so and vice versa, but the, the Zephyr to Denver. I mean, Did the, you ever take the Milwaukee to Chicago train? Was uh, there a, twain for, a train, yeah, from, Milwaukee train from Milwaukee to Minneapolis? Yeah, I took the train from Milwaukee to St. Paul once, yeah, yeah, to Midway. Yeah, and um, my mom was, picked me up And that was an there. Amtrak? Yeah, it was Amtrak. So, uh, I mean, how could you what not? What time of year, Imagine, imagine, imagine being on the, on the Zephyr heading to Denver. You, you'd feel like you were... Uh, I mean, you'd feel like a million bucks. Yeah. I'm curious if w what time of year Damien would want to do the trip from Montreal to Vancouver, because if you did it in the spring and summer, it would be glorious and beautiful, but there wouldn't be any hockey being played. Would he prefer to do it in, like, fall into winter where he could stop and see some cool hockey spots in Canada? That's my question for Damien. Oh, that's a good question. That would be a great. That would be a great story, taking the train across Canada and going to hockey games. That would be a fun book. That should be his next his next research project. I'm trying to think of what the title would be, but we'll we'll think of we'll think, think of that of in that. a second. Um, and as we're, we're soliciting from him what time of year he would like to make that train trip, I would like to know from some of our other um, viewers their most the, their strongest memory of um, cafeteria school cafeteria food. What what can't hockey players do on a train? This is a little joke I have for. Did you come up with this yourself? And just now. What can't hockey players do on a train? I'm being your Ed McMahon. Yeah. Can't they do on a train? Chew chew. <laughs> chew chew. They're missing teeth, and the choo choo <laughs> is a train. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, finally, writes Damien, I make a motion, not that I have that power, of course you do, that from this point forward, we refer, we refer to Dr. Gary Siegel's letter from last week as his official flu game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's I mean, perfect. it was legendary. Yes. Dr. Siegel's uh, missive from last week was his flu game with COVID, possibly, yes. or not. He tested negative. No, no, he was negative. So probably flu. Yes, probably I love flu. that. Yes. That was his flu game. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was Jordan esque. Yes. We have MJ and DGS, all both on the same pedestal at this point. Uh, a la one Michael Jordan. I mean, playing in an NBA playoff game is one thing. Sitting down at the computer to write an email while under the weather after a week of delivering babies is a whole other level. Yeah, right. Did, had Jordan been delivering babies uh, prior to the flu game? We don't know. Or even yeah. during the flu game, he wasn't delivering babies. He probably wasn't. He was in Salt Lake City. He right now, Salt Lake City, he probably yeah. wasn't delivering babies. Well done, DGS, writes Damien. I'm glad it was not COVID-19, the pandemic, that struck you. Thanks again for helping me pass the time on my drives around the Northeast looking for future Purple Nights. Coach D. Thank you, Coach D, and good luck on the uh, the quest for more Purple Nights. By the way, you 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 said that could be the topic of his next podcast? Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have a podcast. I know he doesn't have a podcast. He's he's the only one who doesn't have a podcast, right? Right. Well, he may have a podcast. He may he may. We but don't he, know. he, I was, I was, 
Yes. Uh, this next viewer mail, I mean, Rebecca, what a treat. What an unexpected delight. Well, let's hear the delight. Uh, this comes from uh, Michael in Higashi Kitazawa. Don't tell me it's a poem. I, 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 I don't know if it's a poem. I haven't opened it yet. We haven't heard from Michael in quite a while. Uh, Dear Stephen Rebecca, writes Michael, greetings from Higashi Kitazawa. As always, I hope this finds you well. Per last week's discussion about Amtrak, I was reminded of my first Metro North experience. Having grown up in Fairfield, Connecticut, my mom would take my brother and me into New York City each Christmas to see a Broadway play. I still remember getting on Metro North at the Fairfield station, arriving at Grand Central Station, and making our way to the Winter Garden Theater to see Beatlemania. Now, for decades, Rebecca, the Winter Garden Theater was home to Cats. I never saw Cats, but I just remember constantly the, the, the bombardment of TV commercials Cats I at the Winter saw Garden cats Theater. When I was like in middle school. And then I walked past the Winter Garden Theater every other day while working in the Time and Life building near the Winter Garden Theater. Okay. So was this there before? No, this was after this was when Beatlemania was there. So would I, that have been I imagine prior Beatlemania to preceded Cats. Must have, yeah. Having never been on an adventure quite like that before, writes Michael, it was all so incredible. Fast forward to now, and I have to take both the, I'm going to mispronounce this, the Odakiyu line, O-D-A-K-Y-U line, and the Chiyoda line, C-H-I-Y-O-D-A, Chai like Chicago, Yoda like Yoda, Mm -hmm. to get to my school. Not quite the Metro North Corridor, Uh, no, but I I imagine that the the world-broadening experience of taking Metro North from bucolic Fairfield into the, the, uh, the uh, unearthly wonderland of New York City uh, led you. I want to ask Michael. Eventually to, to, to the rest of the world and to, the, um, to Higashi Kitazawa. My, my father made a few trips to Japan. He is a teacher in Connecticut before he retired and uh, they had an exchange program with a school in Japan. And he made a few trips there and uh, also brought my mother there for one of them. And I can remember, um, I don't remember if it was my father or my mother talking about riding the subway in Japan and it being a different yeah. experience than here and how close everyone yeah. kind of and they had people to kind jams of, together yeah. and like completely lacking any personal space. So I'm curious, Michael, how would you compare riding the train in Japan to riding the Metro North when, you're, when you've been in the States? Well, I um, mean... I've taken the subway there plenty of times, but no, but not recently. He's no, taking it every but, day. But I, I would say, I, I would just say, and I'd love to hear from Michael. Are you but annoyed I, that I asked? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I would. I, what What amuses me about that mm-hmm. is the suggestion that the New York City subway is somehow a a, um, a, a, a place where where personal space and and. Uh, is the train in Japan like the subway or like Metro? Oh, I guess Metro North is slightly different, where there's there's places to sit along the perimeter, and then it, when when those seats are all taken, people stand I in the middle. I believe is it? so, but I don't recall ever having sat on a on a train. I mean, they actually have you know famously have people uniform people to kind of press you into the train at, yeah, at rush I hour. I didn't know that really. Um, oh, I wouldn't like that. You know how my my claustrophobia. Well, of course, you don't like it being on an elevator. In yeah, a, a big big way. Yeah. What? Well, Michael, do they still have the person who famously pushes you into the to the train at rush hour? You know, you know where you could learn more about the taking the Tokyo train. Where from taking the Tokyo train in Richard Scarry's Busy Busy World? Oh, 
Well, let's read that tonight. We will. Dear Rebecca and Steve, greetings from Amtrak's Lincoln service. This is this is from Tom. Okay. I thought, by the way, that you were going to like your next level obnoxious. I thought you were going to say, you know where you could learn more about taking the Tokyo train? By taking the Tokyo train. And I thought you were going to leave it right there. <laughs> <laughs> next level obnoxious, yes. yes. Uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Tom in Clayton, Missouri. Greetings from Amtrak's Lincoln service, running from Chicago to St. Louis. Nice. I mean... I'm going to choose to think that he is writing this dispatch from the train. That would be lovely. Perhaps from the quiet car. (laughs) Amtrak train lines usually have great names like the Empire Builder going from Chicago to Seattle or the Pacific Pacific Surfliner, which hugs the Southern California coast. But I feel a bit cheated on the Lincoln service. The name just doesn't flow. It sounds more fun when you're on the train that starts in Chicago, goes to St. Louis, but then keeps on going, the Texas Eagle. Mm. I mean, how great are these names? There's a train that hugs the coat, the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, there is. Uh, the, the, I mean, the the Pacific Surfliner. Mm, I mean, how great, great is that? Great name. So if you're on the window, you see the, the, the Pacific Coast. If you're on the seat next to the guy in the window, as I would be, you see the guy looking out at the, <laughs> at the surf. Do you think there's like somewhere in family lore a person, oh yeah, my my great grandfather was the one who named it the Pacific Surfliner. And somebody's or family, my, surely. My grandfather, my grandmother, perhaps named it the whatever. A very apparently writes uh, Michael, like vast swaths of American humanity, we too had a metal coffee can in our garage with nails growing up. Ours was from Chase and Sanborn, and the thing that always stood out to me was that. Painted on the can, it said that the price was two cents off the regular price. I wondered what the original price of the coffee must have been that the company went out of its way to boast that there was a whopping two cents off. Two cents. Uh, the, the coffee can uh, with nails in it. We're, we're, we're working our way through the, the metal coffee I've can. Only, we have, I've right? only made <clears throat> one batch of the okay. coffee from the can, so but it was tasty. I, I We had a shipping pallet in our backyard for quite a long time, and I and I took it apart with a sledgehammer and the and the uh, nail removing part of a, of a regular hammer mm-hmm. uh, the other day and it left me with a flower pot full of rusty nails mm-hmm. and I wanted to decant them from the flower pot into the coffee can but the coffee can was still full of coffee so I thought that would not be a good idea next time I go to the dump I'll have to see where you know, you, when we go to the transfer station, you know, there's an area for cardboard, there's an area for metal, there's an area, I, I'm assuming that nails would go in the, the giant bin of metal, but I'll just see if, see if they have a, out. see if they have a, a barrel for tetanus, because that's where, <laughs> that's where it would go. I'll ask, where's your tetanus barrel? And, and I too worked the night shift at a convenience store growing up, writes Tom. Roscoe Dairy, shop from your car was the catchy slogan, shop from your car. How do you do that? The store, a drive through dairy, took its name from the street it was on, Roscoe Boulevard, one of the less poetic Southern California street names. I had no choice about working there since it was our family store, and once once uh, uh, any of my brothers or I were old enough to drive, we were expected to work from 5 p.m. to closing, which was usually 9 p.m., six nights a week. From the time my father would go home at about 6 p.m. on weeknights, I would be there by myself, which in retrospect seems like a lot for a 17-year-old. I mean, what could possibly go wrong at a, at a drive-through dairy in Southern California? You a know? drive-through dairy. I still need to understand more what that was all about. Well, I mean, it, it, you, it, there were drive-through liquor stores. Have you ever seen those? 
I think uh, they yeah, had them in, so. in Cincinnati when yeah. we would go there in the summer. In my years there, I was robbed at gunpoint three and a half times. Well, Come there's on. your answer. Well, half, three and a half. Once I was in the store during the holdup, but the gun wasn't pointed at me, so it only counts half in my book. Right, Can Tom? you imagine? Three t- I can't believe that this is true. Three times you somebody can't believe that came you... into the store and pointed a gun at him. Only three times is my, is my question. W- what state is this in? Where is this? This was in Southern California. A drive through dairy? I mean... was Were they holding him up for milk or for money from the register? <laughs> I, I assume that... Uh, that they were, I assume that they were, uh, they were um, uh, a skim addicts. <laughs> if you, once your seventeen-year-old son has gotten held up once at gunpoint, don't you hire somebody else's son to work that shift? <laughs> Looking back on those years, writes Tom, and you'll you'll enjoy this uh, phrase. Yes. It was not something I remember fondly. <laughs> no, really. Though, though those experiences did provide dramatic topics for high school and college writing classes. Um, I mean, incredible. Wow, it is, really. I mean, uh, not not hilarious at all, obviously, no. but uh, right. I would like to hear more about that. Yes, me too. Thank you, Tom. Gail writes, ball and chain. That's the salutation. Ball and chain. Ball and chain. I like it. I have now started referring to this month as Maysember. I believe the origin may be the, the Holderness family. It's as busy as December with all of the COVID, colds, concerts, plays, parties, and teacher pres- presence just in May. That's a good point. It is a very good point. It, it really is. That's too much. Somebody posts, You're just waiting for the pressure release valve of school getting out. Now that I have all these random things that pop up in my social media timeline, one of them was... Uh, like a guy saying something about, um, you know, in the month of May, all of the midday events that you're expected yeah. to attend for your children, especially when they're little. And it was uh, very true. Midday, mid-May. It's not time to get stuff done. A theater up, a theater update from Gail. Oh, yay. Yes. The title of the play was A Tale of Two Oxygens because her hers child was playing... Oh, right. Photo, was that photosynthesis? Yeah, I believe so. Our oldest, the nitrogen molecule, uh, no, oh, there we go. our oldest, the nitrogen molecule, loved every minute of it. We're proud of him and thankful for the theater arts teacher at his school. Our second grader was photosynthesis. Oh, there we go. Yes. And was a part of a Pokemon skit written by a fellow classmate. I was the lucky mom that was asked to organize the feeding of 75 kids before the show. It was a small price to pay for receiving four reserved front row seats. All in all, it was a great experience for our kids. And yes, I did try. I did cry multiple times the week leading up to the show. Awesome. Do you think the kids who who uh, tried out for but were not uh, cast as photosynthesis were green with envy, Rebecca? I'll, <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. I'm sure they were. What do hockey players are unable to do on a train? Choo-choo. Okay. Train talk, writes Gail. Two memories. One, after I finished fifth grade, my aunt and uncle took my brother and I on the Amtrak car train. We departed from Virginia in the evening and arrived in Florida the next morning. Surely it wasn't called the, oh, the car train that pulls your car along. You can put your car on the train. Seriously? Yes, that's a thing. Uh, I remember being in awe of everything that was happening around me and found the sleeper car to be the most amazing thing I had ever seen in all my 11 years. Disney was great, but a bed that comes out of a wall, come on, nothing better. I mean, how, how cool, a night train anywhere, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
Midnight Train to Georgia. Uh, you know, so many great songs involving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Name one other one. Uh huh. You said so many great uh, songs. The groove the groove line. Okay. We're riding on the groove line tonight. Choo choo, pack your bags. Bumpin' on, coming through. Climb on board. Where you leaves up to you. When Leave you your worries behind. We're when, riding on the groove line tonight. When, when you said so. choo choo, I thought you were going to tell the hockey joke again. <laughs> no. Two, I was three days past my due date uh, with my second child. That would be photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. Typically for my OB appointments, my husband and I would hop on the T and ride to Mass General. My mom and dad were keeping my, I wonder what the personal space was like on the T when you're pregnant and roots to, uh, to delivering a baby. Yeah, good question. Uh, my mom and dad were keeping my oldest, who was only 17 months old at the time, and were really trying to convince me to just let my husband drive us to the appointment. I was adamant that we take the train because, quote, if we take the train, the baby will come today. If we don't take the train, it's going to be another week. <laughs> Something about the, the rattling of the tracks, Rebecca? Is yes, that... uh, right, exactly. Alas, no one is going to argue with an, an illogical and very pregnant woman. So my husband and I rode the train down to MGH where my water broke during the appointment. I looked at my husband and said, I told you it would happen today if we rode the train. To which he responded, I don't think it works that way. But it might because there is something to, you know, the less than smooth train ride versus a car that could have helped put her into labor. Sure. And it may have just been self-fulfilling could if be. she thought that yeah, taking the train would do it. to happen, to be right. I know it could work in reverse. She could will it to not happen had they insisted on driving her, right? <laughs> well, yes. When we brought in the car this morning to be serviced, you had an extra key fob that you wanted programmed to uh, to work with that car. Am I right? So we had- and I, and, I, and I said, they can't do that. We had an extra key fob. Same brand of car. This is on the subject of willing something into yes, existence. Yes, yes. And we've had it for a number of years because that car had been totaled at some point, but we still had the key to it. So I said, let's let's bring it with us when we go to the dealership and see if they can program it so it works with our current car. That's um, the same make of car. And you immediately said, I won't be able to do that. Or what did you say? I said, why, 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 they can't do that. I mean, then they could take any key and... and and, I mean, and program it to fit any car, you, and then it's a, it's an auto theft. Uh, you went on for 15 seconds. Skeleton I said, key. I said, well, what do you do when you lose a key? A- anyway, so we went to the dealership. That's where you dropped out, you dropped it off off the car, and I was there to, to pick you up. And I went in, and I said to the guy, I said, I, I've got a wager with my husband. I said, I've got this old key. Can this be programmed to work with this car? And he said, oh, of course. I said, thank you. I win. <laughs> And I but, said the correct answer is no. I know, but he, he and he came out. He said, "Ah, uh, well, um, but uh, so we're now going to have what was once a useless key that will now work." Now we know with at, the car. Now we know, as I should have known at the time, that for an exorbitant fee, you can do anything. It wasn't an exorbitant fee, and but that that's your nature. You're just if I say, "Oh, you know, let's try this." Your nature is say, "Oh, there's, there's no way it can happen." Can Can you go to the grocery store and get some hamburgers? Oh, it's Memorial Day's in three weeks. They're going to be completely sold out of hamburgers, and of course, they're never sold out of hamburgers. So, I've just come. And so when I mentioned this about the key, and you said that this morning, I I think I said to you, "There's an endless supply," meaning there's an endless supply of you poo-pooing something, choo-chooing something, and then, well, imagine that. I said, and I said to you, I said, well, it's not going to hurt for me to ask. 
That would be a great name for an athlete or a musician, exorbitant fee, don't you think? <laughs> it would be. Like dilapidated barns? Yes. Let's get to DG. Thank you, Gail. Let's get to DGS, yes, shall let's we? Get to, thank you, Gail, and let's get to DGS. DGS coming off of his flu game. Yes. Writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm back 100% except for forgetfulness, and I'm a bit embarrassed by my misuse of fairing versus fairing in my last missive. E4, I suppose, since I hit cleanup. And 4 is the best number that I can use for the cleanup hitter, although we all know that E4 is an error by the first baseman. Uh, there's another error, Dr. Siegel. An error by the first baseman would be an E3. An error by the second baseman would be an E4. So I'm going to have to put you down for an error. When trying to correct his step error. Step up and be accountable for his error? I mean, I... I when I, he all he did was misspell a word during his flu game? Yes, I mean, but... His, are you for real? His, the correction of his error contains within it an error. This is like the Russian nesting dolls of, of errors. The poor guy cannot win. He's coming off his why, flu Why game. would he ever write in to us again? I, I don't know, but... Or to you. <laughs> he, he, he and I could continue I, a lovely I, correspondence, I, but why he writes I, to you, I don't know. I don't make the scoring rules, Rebecca. I know. An E4 is an error by the second baseman, okay? And he's listening to this on a Monday night and cringing and feeling bad. No, no, I mean, he, he should he should win. feel wonderful. We're, we're so eternally grateful to Dr. Siegel. For we, for batting well, I cleanup. certainly am. So am I. Okay. I'm just saying. Anyway, proceed. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. DGS was worried about my. I'm in trouble, Doctor Siegel. Uh, Rebecca is uh, giving me a. Don't pick a, on a, my DGS. <laughs> I won't pick on your DGS. I I want my MTV. And don't pick on my DGS. Mrs. DGS was worried about my persistent headache and stiff neck last week, though my mild fever went away overnight. She insisted that perhaps because I thought that I had had that I had viral meningitis, which usually resolves on its own, that I best see my family physician, who did some amazing doctor tricks to reassure me that I didn't have meningitis and didn't need a, a heat CT for that reason or a spinal tap. I'm 100% better, and thank goodness for wives and mothers. And and I'm thankful that it wasn't meningitis for many reasons, but also because flu game sounds much better than meningitis game. Yes, it, absolutely. One, below is the link for the final train scene from The Americans. As your train story about your oldest daughter made me think of it, it was a shocking ending to the fine show. We did not watch The Americans. It was about, about spies living in, I think, New Jersey. Oh. Um, and a lot of has a lot of fans. Two, as a young teen circa 1970, I traveled via Southern Railway's Nancy Hanks train, Nancy Hanks train from Terminal Station in Atlanta, now the Richard B. Russell Federal Building, where I received a $50 sentence for having a dog off-leash in a national park, through Macon, Georgia, to Wadley, Georgia, a mere 10 miles away from Lew from Louisville, pronounced Louisville, Georgia. Louisville. Now, he has in parenthetically Louisville. So I think oh, it's I, in Georgia. Yes. Okay. We can trust Dr. Siegel. I'm sorry. How you I pronounce have jumped on uh, it. obscure yes. towns in Georgia, mm -hmm. though not uh, how to score a baseball game. <laughs> Where my best friend and first cousin lived. The train ran between Atlanta and Savannah and points in between. And there's a Wikipedia link. The Nancy Hanks. That's a pretty cool train name. It is. Three, there is no race or baby report this week. Next week is the circus return to Imola in Italy, I-M-O-L-A, and per, I thought it was Is Monza. It no, no uh, 
baby. Right. I thought, I thought Italy was Monza. I don't, perhaps I don't know. And perhaps we'll see some upgrades for the cars that compete for P3 and below as the Red Bulls are dominant. Four, lastly, my father used old Maxwell House coffee cans and old tennis ball cans, as well as baby food jars to organize various tools, electrical doodads, nails, and screws. Now, the old tennis ball cans were, were made of metal. Now we have these kind of flimsy plastic things right, that right. still give you the great, you know, the great thing about coffee cans and yes. tennis ball cans is the great whoosh right. when you open them. Right. And, and then you, you also knows the bouquet of both coffee and, and tennis balls. True. Right? Just as inherited his handsaw and hammer, I also have a couple of tennis ball cans from the 70s or 80s with various screens and tools as well. With my best from late ni- Monday night when I was about to play Wordle and... Uh, with my best from late Monday night when I was about to play Wordle and realized that I hadn't punched out a note. Gary with two R's, and in fact, his header is I almost forgot to write. So perhaps uh, perhaps the illness that he's recovering from has, has uh, impaired his short-term memory of, of uh, writing into our podcast and scoring a baseball game. So I, we really should cut him some slack, Rebecca. So now you're you're attacking him, saying no, I'm, his I'm short-term attack- memory. I'm attacking is you. Impaired? I'm attacking you for attacking him. I, Dr. Siegel knows better. That's all we've got. Thank you, DGS. If you uh, if you want to share some of your stories about school lunches or your best place of coffee or, or your best coffee memory or riding a train, ball and chain pod at gmail.com. We really should turn this into the ball and train pod. Ball and chain pod at gmail. Thank you, Denny Gallagher, Tom DeCari. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in this cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest It's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.